Welcome to the Art of Excellence, home of Fridays on Excellence and exclusive interviews with subject matter experts. Here we go. Hey, this is Scott Kokenauer with Serving Strong. We are involved in exclusive interviews with subject matter experts, uh, pastors, leaders, and I've got a tremendous guest with you t- with me today, and I'll, I'm eager to get started. So I'm going to jump right into it. His name is Tom Thomas McDaniel's, and uh, Tom, thank you for joining us today. Glad to be a part, Scott, and thank you for having me. And also, but you know, when you call me an expert, that's very questionable. Okay, well, <laughs> in in the transcript, expert is in quotes. So <laughs> perfect. <laughs> So, um, and so what we're going to do is we're going to just talk a little bit about your story and, um, it, it ultimately, this is for the leader or the pastor or the husband, the wife, if you're leading anything and you're discouraged right now with everything that's going on, that's yeah. kind of the theme of what we're talking about today. So, but to get started, tell us about, uh, what was it like growing up as a child? Great childhood for me, Scott. Um, my midlife wasn't uh, my my teenage years and my twenties uh, weren't great, but my my childhood was just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we um, we were the typical American Christian family, you know. That uh, back when I was raised in the in the sixties uh, and seventies, everybody knew each other. We played in the you know we played. I was raised in Indiana, so I was kind of born on a basketball court, kind mm-hmm. of. And uh, I love that uh, just typical neighborhood where everybody played together. Everybody knew each other. You know, the neighbors spanked each other's kids, that kind of thing. Uh, just uh, mother was a Christian. Uh, dad was not a believer. Uh, my father came to Christ later in life. Um, in fact, as I led him to the Lord in his 70s. And so that was a great experience. Um, but we had um, just a, a great life. Um, just, just, you know, neighborhood school, walk to school, you know, three blocks, uh, just a typical American family mother. My mother's been in the same church for 50 years. So it's, it's very different from life today. Yeah. So uh, she's still in Indiana, right? She's still, well, she's actually in Southern Illinois. She's right so, across the border from where we were raised. She lives 11 miles from where I was raised. Okay. Yes. She, uh, she's alive and well, she's almost, uh, she, she's 85. And uh, and percolating along quite well. So good for her. So really great. I mean, we were taught the you know no you know we got spanked for lying and cheating and stealing and and mm-hmm. it, you know that was the worst thing you could do in our home. And the golden rule was everything. And you know, mother said something to me beneficial one time. She said, um, she said, if I let you fight as kids, you'll fight as adults. So I don't let you fight as kids. And I thought, you know, that really made sense. And we have three. I have three siblings, and we're super close today. So good, good. What's your fondest uh, childhood memory? My fondest memory? Yeah. Uh, you know, again, life was simple. Um, uh, daily values were huge with me. Nighttime prayer uh, with my mother, you know, on our knees by the bed. Kind of, you know, again, sounds very traditional and I sound very old. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, uh, you know, evening meals together, neighborhood connection, uh, riding our bikes all over town. You know, I was raised in the town of 7,000. So, you know, we went from North end to South end, you know, those values mean so much to me. 
um, you know, again, it sounds old, but it was really valuable. That's that's awesome. It's no secret that we're living in some extremely turbulent times. I mean, everybody knows what I'm talking about. I don't have to say it, but I want to. The pandemic, the political division, the racial unrest. Um, You've been a pastor for over 100 years. Yeah, Um, just about. (laughs) (laughs) um, You've seen turbulent times in the past, right? Probably not to this extreme. I don't know. But, But how do these current circumstances compare to what you've been through? I would have to say, you know, the most overused word we've had in, in the last 12 months has been unprecedented. I, I really do believe we are in totally unprecedented times, as you know, and uh, we've never seen times like this. I, all I can say is um, very challenging, uh, very hard. I think COVID has made it the underlying tension. And so then we have, you know, everyday life like last night, my, my evening last night was with a 30 year old, his father's in ICU on a ventilator, you know, uh, and then he's got three kids. He has a job. He's, you know, the, the job's pressure, the kids are pressure, the, the father's about to. So we have everyday life, which was hard enough before COVID. And now we have COVID-19, which gets into death, aloneness, isolation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't, I've never seen nothing like it, never experienced nothing like it. Um, my time is spent um, working with people who are hurting and broken. And, um, uh, we've lost several, several members in our church to COVID, not just old, not just older mature saints, but young ones as well, even some in their forties. So, you know, it, we've never seen times like this. Uh, I haven't seen times like this, you know, churches haven't seen times like this. The church is okay mm-hmm. financially, but we run 40%. It makes everything different. We, I'm used yeah. to having a room full of capacity. Our rooms, our services were always full. I mean, Sunday morning, we were one third full second service. So mm-hmm. it's different than it's ever been. And, and I think we have to learn how to be flexible in the season, not um, relying upon our own, you know, the things we're prone and used to. I think we have to learn to be flexible yeah. Um, yeah. You know, there's there's um, there's bright lights, but there's there's tough stories. You know, what what keeps what you keeps motivated? motivated? Well, you know, I've had the 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 I'll say the privilege and the the uh, God's grace on me to to pray. This is my studio slash prayer room, and it's mm-hmm. in, it's actually in my attic of my house, and I put okay. I put the room in, and. Um, so, you know, the first thing I do every morning is is find this place of prayer, which I did this morning, at, you know, 530 in the morning. Again, that sounds old, but yeah. I've done that for 36 years. I've been a man of prayer. I've been a man of faith. Um, I love my calling. I love what I do. I, I don't have a job. I have a calling and a, and a purpose uh, that's changed a lot this year. Uh, it's but at the same time, uh, the changes haven't thrown me off course. It's just doing more of the same thing with the same passion, only doing it a different way and dip in different uh, methods, but the mission is the same. So uh, prayer uh, motivates me. Solitude is, a, is really a motivator for me. As long as I get my morning prayer time in, my solitude, my word, you know, I can roll all day in social, social settings. Without that, I'm not as social. Um, you know, that's, that's kind of the way I 
what I think was really interesting is you, you, you said it's not a job, it's a calling. Yeah. And that's typically what we hear pastors say, you know, but it's yeah. true all across the board. And to me, that's the definition of excellence. Um, the other thing, and those of you who have followed me um, recently, you have heard me say the, how important reflection is. If you are in a responsible position to lead other individuals and you do not have a moment that you have reflection, then you're, you're, you're opening yourself up to being slammed against the wall and yeah. ne never saw it coming. Yeah. And uh, so I appreciate those two things. You know, you having a calling in other words, you are fully expressing or you're working toward the full expression of, of your unique God-given design. And you're, you're, you're beginning the day. You, you have a cadence where you are reflecting. That's, that's yes. powerful. That's really powerful. It is powerful. I, I think, you know, again, that starts, um, it kind of starts, um, you know, the night before. I think it starts with, with mm -hmm. pre-schedule. Uh, I think it starts with, um, you know, what your motives are for the day, what, what your day looks like. You know, I'm an open door. When I'm at the office, my door is open. It's rarely closed. Um, I do my reflection, my preparation for staff, uh, people, interruptions. I, I can't get anything done at the office. I mean, you just can't. You know that if you, mm -hmm. you know, for us that are leaders, uh, our, our alone time is our creative time. Uh, the Holy Spirit is our the one who creates for us uh, and through us. And so, you know, uh, when I go to the office, I'm prepared to be social, to be open. I, I start my day by going to bed uh, early, to preparing myself to get up early. Sleep is important to me. Rest is important to me. At my age, didn't used to be. I used to sleep four or five hours. Of course, a typical pro pastor, type A, choleric personality. You know, I can do it all. And, um, you know, in the last 15 years, I've learned I can't do it all. I've learned that it starts at, that my strength comes from God. And then uh, my 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 ministry is as good as my marriage. So my marriage is strong. Um, mm -hmm. I've always said my ministry is only as good as my marriage. And so, you know, when it comes to God, Holy Spirit and my wife, uh, I'm in pretty good shape. <laughs> Thank God for that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, rest, you know, it's interesting. The thing, what you were saying that, that I'm totally resonating with you there, there's a principle that I, I picked up years ago that I've st it's stuck with me. And that is we don't rest from our work. We work from our rest. Right. So the beginning right. of a day starts the night before. Yes, that's it. That, that's, that's very powerful. The, one, and, the last hour of my evening, the last hour of my evening is I, I try typically if I'm working in the evening and I do, I, you know, I believe you make a living uh, nine to five and you make a life five to nine. So, you know, I, I really believe that uh, the, la the last hour of the evening I, at nine o'clock, I shut down no matter what I'm doing. Like last night I was writing blogs for, for a fasting uh, thing we're doing and nine o'clock came and it's like, okay, I got it shut it down. You know, I grab my Bible. That, that, that's, I just, I start my day the next day, the night before. And so I've learned that in the last 10 or 15 years as well. It's a strength. Um, and that's the way the Jews started their day. You know, the Sabbath was that way. It was mm -hmm. six the day before to six the day. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think we can learn from that. Yeah. Yeah. And those are, those are really good routines. 
that I was going to talk with you about anyway, which you, you just kind of, you played right into that. You know, I noticed while you were talking, um, you are uniquely positioned between the word grace and gratitude. <laughs> I've never that's, noticed that. That's, that's awesome. really cool. Uh, what a metaphor. Let me do that. That's awesome. Grace and gratitude. I love it. Hey, that's awesome. Thanks, Scott. I'll, I'll see that. <laughs> is that a is that a scale behind you or what is the oh no, that's a clock. That's a that's clock. That's a clock and that's okay. a globe over there in the corner. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, grace and gratitude. What I mean, you don't have to say anything. Just sit there. That's yeah, there you go. <laughs> there's a great thing I'm just <laughs> resonating grace and gratitude that's right what would you tell a discouraged leader who is listening to this episode well i think um it's really important to find your fuel you know what what fuels you um some some guys you know uh, that's that's 18 hoes with god on a golf course um another guy that's flying a plane you know um so I think we have to make sure we're not subject to um, the the signs of the times or the struggles of the times. I think we have to keep ourselves fueled. First of all, for me, that's God. Uh, and that sounds religious, but it's actually not. It's relational driven. Um, it's prayer. It's God's word. I'm a big believer in transformed, you know, a renewed mind. So trying not to think your own thoughts, you know, resisting those things, exchanging your thoughts for God's thoughts. Uh, all those are big with me, but I, I would say find your fuel. What, what fuels you, what drives you? Um, I think, you know, again, pastoring is different than it was. Um, uh, now, uh, you know, more than prophetic gifting or using your gifts to show who you are. I think loving your people, standing with them, returning your phone calls, uh, being involved, uh, checking, you know, we spend time, we've got 50 people with COVID. We're making calls, checking on families. I think you got to find what fuels you. I'm a pastor at heart, preacher second. Um, I love to preach. I used to think I was going to be the Stephen Furtick of, you know, of, of 20 of 1985. And I never was that. And, uh, <laughs> I thought God promised me 5,000 and he told me to be faithful with five. And so I ended up at about a thousand member church, which is which is I'm thankful for. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, uh, I used to be, let me preach. Let me do something great. Let me sit now. I'm, let me be something great. Uh, let me be something great for others. Let me, let me return my calls faithfully. Let me love my wife. Let me, you know, be in the chamber with God and let me uh, find that's my fuel. That's my fuel. Mm -hmm. So I would say, find your fuel. Um, and I hope that that's God. And then I would say, you know, again, I'll go back to marriage. So make sure that's fresh. And then I would say process your pain with a mentor. Mm -hmm. that, whether that's your best friend, deeper than your wife. Uh, all I'm saying is somebody outside of, of your wife or your spouse. Um, get that mentor, process your pain. And even I would suggest if you, if you don't have a mentor, get to a counselor, uh, share your struggles, um, you know, because it is very discouraging and if we let it you know the enemy we're just open ground right now for the enemy to destroy us mm -hmm. absolutely yeah well thomas uh what do you got what do you got on the horizon you i know you've written 
right? You've uh, Thomas. Yeah, well, I'm learning to write. (laughs) I, uh, you know, I, I planned about 30 years ago to uh, the last 10 years of my life. I decided I was going to write. So Mm -hmm. I'm learning to write. I actually thought I knew how, (laughs) which was, (laughs) I thought, man, I'll just write, you know, in the last 10 years of my life. Well, then I realized I didn't know how at all. And so I've actually been taking writing classes. I started a blog, a, a fresh, new, relevant blog a couple of years ago. Yeah, uh, I've been writing for Fox News some um, okay. when called upon. Um, I write for Charisma magazine. Okay, uh, but mainly I'm writing to my niche, which is my my family, my friends, and and my blog page. Uh, I just released a book. Fact is, I released a book this morning on Amazon, which I don't want to necessarily promote. But um, that's okay. I want you to. Uh, it's called Overcoming Bondage and Fear, and so uh, it's on Amazon. For, today's the first day, so um, okay. it's a just a simple, you know, book on over. I mean, overcoming is kind of my whole theme. I'm I'm writing a series of books called Overcoming on nine different topics. I'm releasing those three at a time. The first book came out this morning, so uh, that wasn't on purpose because I was with you. That just happened. So uh, oh. anyway, it's really um, I'm learning how to write. Uh, and so I'm planning on spending the last 10 or 15 years of my life as a writer, pastor, helping my son, uh, finish the journey with our church. My son, we're in succession of our church right now. This, that just started this year. So we're in month one of that. And so, uh, that's where I'm headed and, uh, wanting to, uh, be a resource to pastors, teachers, and others. Beautiful. Okay. So I put up on the screen here, a picture of thomasmcdaniels.com and there's the book um so yeah this is great stuff thomas thank you so much for your time thank you for uh sharing a little bit about your childhood a little bit about uh how you were raised and more importantly and most importantly um the words that you shared for the discouraged leader um the find your fuel and process your pain Yes. Things that you can hang on to as you as you hang up from this, uh, however you're watching or listening to this episode, find your fuel, process your pain. Thomas, thank you. I, I hope you have a great week. Thank you, Scott. I enjoyed being with you and, and uh, thank you for your audience as well. And uh, if I can ever serve you, let me know. You have been listening to an exclusive interview with a subject matter expert on the topic of the art of excellence. Thanks for listening.